0: My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadoon woman from Gadigal Country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present.
1: <coughs> all right. All right. We're recording. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Friday the 19th of August. I'm Sam. I'm Zara. In March last year, the federal government made a $15 million investment into the use of psychedelics to treat mental health. Now, clinical trials are underway around Australia to work out if the psychedelic qualities found in magic mushrooms can be used to cure anxiety and depression. But how does it work and how long until you can get psychedelics at your local pharmacy? We'll get into it in the deep dive, but first, Zara, what's making headlines this Friday morning?
2: To slightly more mundane matters, the Australian Bureau of Statistics has announced the unemployment rate for July was 3.4%. That is the lowest figure recorded since 1974. The underemployment rate, which measures people who didn't work as much as they wanted to, also fell slightly to 6%.
1: Supply for monkeypox vaccines in Queensland is failing to meet demand. With Queensland Health estimating that only 300 doses have arrived in the state. All vaccines are being kept for close contacts and new cases of monkeypox, with more supplies set to arrive later this year and into next year.
2: The NRL Grand Final will return to Sydney this year after the New South Wales Government successfully navigated tense negotiations with the NRL to keep the event in the state. The decision came after New South Wales Premier Dominique Perrottet walked away from an agreement to fund upgrades to some of Sydney's suburban stadiums. This raised tensions with the NRL and opened the door for Queensland to host the event.
1: And we might stick with sport for the Friday good news. The NBA, the National Basketball Association competition over in the US, announced it won't play any games on the day of the US midterm elections. That's the 8th of November. An NBA spokesperson said that would allow, quote, a focus on promoting nonpartisan civic engagement and encouraging fans to make a plan to vote.
2: That is something we can get around. Just a quick heads up, this episode deals with issues around anxiety and depression. So if you're not in the right headspace to be listening to this, we will check back in with you on Monday. Okay, Sam, there is one show that you have told me to watch a number of times that I have not done, but you're obsessed with it. Talk to me about it.
1: I'm a huge fan of the odd Netflix Docco series, and this one's really grabbed my attention. It's called How to Change Your Mind, and it's basically about how psychedelics are helping people with mental health issues.
2: Okay, so it plays out in an American context, yep. but today we're bringing it home, talking about it here in Australia.
1: Well, after watching the doco, we did a little bit more digging and we found that there are trials going on at multiple Australian universities right now to determine just that. And I was totally fascinated by this.
2: So much so that I legitimately think you mentioned it every day last week.
1: So to find out more about how this is playing out, I reached out to the head of the Clinical Psychedelic Research Lab at Monash University down in Melbourne to talk about a super interesting trial they're running for the use of psilocybin in the treatment of generalized anxiety.
0: My name is Paul Leknitski. I head up the Clinical Psychedelic Research Lab at Monash University. So the lab is is a hive of activity right now after you know many years of preparation and waiting for the tide to shift. But it's safe to say uh, the field in Australia of psychedelic research uh, is alive and well and growing very rapidly.
3: And so what area at Monash are you specifically looking into?
0: So we are, Establishing a number of clinical trials this year using psychedelics for different mental health uh, indications. One trial is uh, psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy in the treatment of generalized anxiety disorder. What is psilocybin, Paul? So psilocybin is the um, psychoactive ingredient in magic mushrooms. Uh, We use synthetic psilocybin in research trials, as do all others. It is a classic psychedelic. It exerts uh, almost all of its uh, psychoactive effects through a single receptor in the brain, just activates one receptor subtype that produces uh, these widespread effects. And uh, and the, the kinds of effects that people experience are, are highly varied, but at high dose, which is what we use in our trials, 25 milligrams of synthetic psilocybin, it produces a remarkable uh, and dramatic altered state of consciousness that entails changes to the way you think, the way you feel, and the kinds of things you can perceive. And for all kinds of reasons, seems to be incredibly useful for a lot of people in terms of their therapeutic process. Uh, Often, there is a dramatic uh, shift in perspective that people can gain, uh, whereby they are seeing old problems from a completely new angle. And a whole set of insights often ensue. And most importantly, the kinds of insights that people experience under the influence of uh, well-supported psilocybin are not just heady thoughts or abstractions about yourself or the world or others, but rather often very deeply felt, uh, sometimes very embodied. And it's a kind of encounter, if you like, that can Uh, leave a lasting change on a person.
3: What do you mean by well-supported psilocybin dosage? And tell us about how you're supporting individuals through the trials.
0: Mm. Well, this is a really important and often uh, overlooked aspect of the treatment. When people talk about psychedelic medicine, just by virtue of the framing, uh, the the idea is often that what is most important there is the psychedelic. Uh, When in reality, we're delivering psychedelic-assisted therapy, which is a form of augmented psychotherapy. And the nature of the support and the environment is perhaps just as important as the nature of the drug uh, effects. So we use a, a psychotherapeutic model that has the typical three phases of treatment in psychedelic uh, therapies. We prepare people, uh, w- which is geared around uh, developing a a strong relationship in a short period of time and increasing trust uh, in the whole process. And also a whole set of pragmatics around uh, what the dosing day entails. And then there's the dosing sessions. Uh, Different trials have different numbers of dosing sessions. And in the high dose studies, they are all day sessions. Psychoactive effects of high dose psilocybin are about six to eight hours and the process there is often quite internal but there can be all kinds of different expressions of, of thought and feeling and and relationality in the in the room and then there's an integration phase with a number of uh, sessions that follow each dosing session where uh, the therapists are assisting participants to make meaning out of their experience to regain a sense of proximity to that experience and and the kind of insights they had or the alignment to their values Uh, That felt very important during the dosing session often. Uh, And in our case, with with the trials we're doing, there there are a number of cycles of that process of support. So, you know, clearly the classic psychedelics can be therapeutically useful for people who use them in the wild, even without support. But in some cases, they're not useful. In some cases, uh, uh, they can be detrimental. And there certainly are all kinds of safety concerns that we um, mitigate very well in in, a, in the controlled context in which we deliver psychedelics that are often not mitigated well uh, when people use them in the wild. Um, in that study, we also have a sub-study associated with it, which is the opportunity for our therapists to undergo uh, a high-dose psilocybin session with supportive conditions as part of their training. And that's another world first. There's uh, not been a, a study like it before with psilocybin, although in the first wave of psychedelic psychiatry in the 50s, 60s and early 70s, it was absolutely standard that psychedelic practitioners had experience with LSD, which was the, the flagship uh, psychedelic of that era. Um, but in the modern era, we've seen only one other example of, of a, dr- a psychedelic-like drug being used as a training tool, which is in the case of the MAPS MDMA studies, where they offer their therapists the opportunity to undergo MDMA as part of their training. So we're assessing uh, we're assessing the utility of, of psilocybin with support as a training tool uh, from both the perspective of the therapists uh, and also from the perspective of their clinical participants. And it's worth noting that all the therapists on the team who are a wonderful bunch of people, I feel very fortunate to work uh, with them, they're all qualified and, and highly experienced mental health care workers of different sorts uh, who have then undergone Uh, a training program with us and this opportunity to have psilocybin is the final piece of that.
1: And and Paul, what's the hypothesis
3: there with giving therapists associated doses as well? Is it that it increases the sense of empathy and that then increases the quality of the therapy?
0: Well, these are empirical questions we're going to be assessing uh, this over the course of this uh, trial. But the rationale for it is that having had a similar supported psilocybin session for therapists may increase their capacities to be a therapist in a number of respects. Uh, The one is, as you say, the potential to increase empathy for the participants who are undergoing psychedelic experience. And this may be particularly pertinent given how dramatic and unusual and ineffable psychedelic experiences are. They are, by definition, impossible to describe. So you can't write it down in a manual and convey uh, what it is that the participant is going through um and this also potentially extends to their ability to provide appropriate um support Uh, very often people under the influence of psilocybin are highly sensitive and it can be the case that the very well-intentioned support can be misaligned to the needs of the participant and so having a very nuanced sense of what a participant is going through may increase the alignment. Um, but also there's, you know, there are other rationales. For example, participants will often ask therapists for good reason, when they're nervous and about to you know, go into their dosing session, they'll often ask their therapist whether they've had the same experience before, uh, seeking that kind of reassurance from uh, somebody with experience. And, and it's uh, very useful for the therapists in our trial to be able to answer that they have. Uh, you know, by analogy, Uh, If you were to, you know, be on your first, uh, you know, astronaut trip to another planet, and uh, the only support you receive is via radio uh, from ground control, it'd be quite nice to know that the people that are guiding you uh, on your travels on this foreign planet uh, have at least some understanding and, you know, preferably even prior experience traveling on that planet themselves.
3: How does the psilocybin play out in? one with generalized
0: anxiety disorder? For people struggling with depression or maybe a substance dependence or anxiety, often the kinds of processes that people uh, report from psychedelic treatments look quite similar. People will often report going deep into their past or deep into their belief structure and finding a completely new way of relating to themselves or the world. And with anxiety, well, we don't know what the mechanisms of change will be in this particular trial that is underway right now. Uh, we're assessing mechanisms, and we're assessing you know, aspects that we think may be important in driving change. Um, but, you know, I think it's likely to be the case that, that underlying these symptoms are a set of experiences that people avoid that's often a key factor in mental illness and, and uh, p- mental pathologies that there is a there is a, a set of experiences that that are overwhelming or unbearable for people and those experiences are avoided and replaced by either you know, a substance use or a depressive uh, belief structure or an anxiety and um when people have this opportunity to have unprecedented contact with the sources of their distress, the very thing that they've spent a lot of their lives avoiding, uh, there is that opportunity to find a new relationship to that source of distress. Often it's not the case that, that the source of distress disappears or the memory goes or, or anything like that, but that there is a way in which that can be shifted from um, being kind of petrified and locked in time to being dynamic and uh, and having the opportunity to kind of enter into a virtuous cycle of learning where you know new repertoires can be set down and, and people can change the way they think and feel and behave. So can we enroll as candidates in the study? Y- yes, so people can uh, apply to enroll in our studies at Monash University. Of course, the eligibility criteria are very strict and quite narrow for both safety and scientific reasons. And so it's worth just saying that many more people apply than we can accommodate. Um, but there is uh, there is one trial at Monash uh, that is currently in treatment phase, and there will be a couple more coming online later this year. If somebody would like to apply and uh, currently experiences uh, generalized anxiety disorder symptoms, they can just simply write to psilocybin at monash.edu and they'll receive a, a link in response.
3: Paul, we can't tell you how much we appreciate your time. And it sounds like some fascinating work you're doing. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the results of the clinical trials in the years
0: ahead. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learned something, and honestly, I learned a lot today, don't forget to hit subscribe. So there's a new TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again on Monday, but until then, have a brilliant weekend.